and then like a week later, all you can think about is like, oh, probably all the good stuff was right at the beginning. Like that, you don't know what it was, but you know it was gold. <laughs> it was gold. It was gold that came out of everybody's faces, and that's how. That's how <laughs> Lost to the abyss forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like all the good things that I've ever said. <laughs> Where are they? Oh, they were, they're all said, they're all said before the camera starts rolling. Oh, and by camera, I mean the audio version. Is, is, is the entirety of the podcast also the, is it an overlapping Venn diagram of Canadian Money Discourse and the Because Money Podcast? Possibly. That's right. Well, Sandy, why don't you kick us off a little bit and just like, it's been five years. You know, why did you start it five years ago? Oh, five years? It wasn't just you, but you know, why did you guys start it? And like, what was the kind of impetus? Well, I'll tell you something. We started the podcast because my friend Jackson Middleton told me that I should get more comfortable on video. So we're going to do a video podcast and it was going to be live. And it was and I was, I clearly have yet to become comfortable on video. False. <laughs> Why it's a five year long project. Um, but at the time, I guess, I mean, it certainly, I mean, anybody that's listened to Seth, anybody that has listened to all of the episodes over <laughs> five years, there's only one person, his name is Seth, um, knows that it's changed dramatically like back then it was just I don't know let's talk about money things and and we'll have guests on and they'll talk about their money things and it, everybody that made the rounds of all the other personal finance blogs eventually made the rounds to us and you know that's what it was for a while <clears throat> um we had a co-host and then we had another co-host and then and then we got Chris and then it became the other kind of conversation that I don't, this was not, it's not like I started it with Jackson and went, I hope someday it becomes something where we just talk about money and anything related to it. And we just get to talk about stuff with friends. That's what it turned into. Um, but it really moved that way when, um, when you joined Chris. So my hope has always been, every time we sit down, every single time and somebody says, so what do you, what do you, what do you want to do? What's your goal? My goal is just to have a reason to talk to you folks and to keep talking about the things about money that are messy or not conventional wisdom or I just think that that the the dominant discourse is very cut and dried and I think there's a lot of room for mess and I like that we get to talk about it the end <laughs> no no I I think that that's one of the things I've thought about a lot and we've kind of touched on a bunch, but um, the idea that there's a lot of value in conversations that don't have actionables. Um, and I think especially in money, it can be really tempting and, and really valuable too to kind of have a conversation where there's three things you can do, you know, and that's, <laughs> I'm not saying that's wrong, but it doesn't always feel true. And I think sometimes within the complexities of some of the financial things or the things that touch money, the things that bring kind of you into the world of money, whether you want to or not, um, rarely feel that way. And, and I think that the conversation around numbers, I've been thinking about this a lot, especially since I work with lots of people that don't like numbers or don't live in the world of numbers a lot. 
And so people's ideas about numbers are often that this is something that can be solved. This is something, especially if you're not working with them all, that they're black and white. There's one way that you can look at numbers. It's black and white, and it's a problem that can be solved and then finished. And that's just not the truth when it comes to finances. One, there's a lot of different ways to look at numbers. Um, there's a lot of different ways to interpret how you look at numbers. Just <laughs> look at how, you know, you take a study that gets published in a bunch of different ways and everybody's got their own spin. Like there's lots of different ways you can twist things. But that means for your life that it's not as cut and dry as you think it is. And it's way messier. And, and I love the idea, one, that conversations can happen that, that just are kind of in that mess, whether it's kind of personally related or experience related to other people or just kind of hypothetical. And then the other thing that, you know, I've always so much benefited from is that like, I still feel so brand new into this world, um, to this world. Um, and so much of my education has really come from talking to people like you guys in this community and just learning. And so like, you know, the, the, the stuff that comes out of your faces is good stuff. And I've taken a lot away and, and, and so often, like even before the camera turns on or before when we're kind of planning things, you just kind of think, oh man, this is really interesting. And this is like really valuable to just hear how people did things, how people think about it, especially when you layer in the, the technical knowledge that, that, that you guys have, that it's just, it's, it's really valuable. And, and to me, a podcast specifically is this idea that you can sit on somebody's shoulder and just be in a conversation. You know, I think that that's what I love about a podcast is that you just kind of like get put in your earphones and you're just, it's more intimate in the sense that like you just get to sit in and it, and one thing that we've said to each other a lot of the time after we kind of record a thing and maybe we feel good about it and we don't feel good about it is that, um, is that there's value in having a conversation, even if it doesn't feel like the best conversation or whether it like we hit all the points and all this stuff. And so there's something about that idea that seems very opposite how we like to look at money and how the general conversation on money is. That is, I don't know, that that's really interesting to me and that I feel like we get to work on as a group and, and sometimes we hit it and sometimes we don't, but it's a, it's a, it's a fun problem for me to kind of start just to kind of massage out. Yeah. I mean, uh, to sort of build on that a little bit. I mean, I like the different formats. So the, the medium is the message sort of idea. Like I have a course and I have a book and if you're starting from scratch and you want to learn the particular aspects of something, then, you know, I, again, self-dealing a little bit, but I think that starting with something that's got a lot of structure to it, like a course or a book is the way to go. You don't want to like just jump into a conversation and try to like look up on the side, you know, what the terms are that people are talking about and, and, uh, um, you know, kind of, confusing to start off and not really like give you the skills to actually like do a thing but money isn't just about doing the thing like that like that's a great place to start but you know if you're you know interested in sports you might take a introduction to a particular sport where you have a coach there and they're like teaching you the skills involved in doing the sport and that's probably a better way to start than just like hey, we're in the middle of a game, jump in and try to figure it out as you go. But then you don't want to just like end there. If you want to get better, then you start to actually play the game. You talk to friends while you watch other people play the game. And 
it can be sort of the same with money is you have these important conversations and you listen to these conversations. And so, yeah, I like the podcast format because we get to do very different things. Like we're, if you learn something from the podcast, that's fantastic. And we'd like that there will be some learning component to it. But at the same time, like it's not here as a course. It's a way to look into a topic, talk about something topical. And so, I mean, I really like the the conversations that happen around certain topics, certain questions that people might have, and that you can tackle things in a podcast in a very different way than you would in even a blog or even in a, in a course. And, you know, money isn't just a thing that like, it can be like, it can be a thing you just learn and then you solve the problem and then you move on with your life, but it can, but it touches so many other aspects of our life that we shouldn't be afraid to talk about it. And I, I think that this is a great, forum for us us to talk about things like i mean I, i'm here because i just like talking to you guys and like whatever you you let me come on i'm like okay yeah sure let's do this but uh in terms of the readers uh, listeners or other I, I hope they get something out of it too and i hope that they get that you know experience of being on a conversation with us love it i really think and this will not be a new concept to come out of my face that the most important thing we thing we can do around money is just talk about it more. I think a lot of people that write about finance in Canada, not everyone, but just kind of like the overarching, the overarching feel and just the, how it's talked about, I think doesn't serve maybe 80% of people. I think it leaves a lot of people out. I think financial journalism leaves a lot to be desired. And just even seeing different publications, seeing money sense get fought out by a company who's not a bad company, but like they have interest in making money. So that just kind of changes the landscape of things. So I think a lot of the public facing conversation around money leaves a lot of people out and leaves something to be desired. And I think it puts certain people off from trying to get in their money. So I think one of the most important things we can do to actually make meaningful change, even though it's super, super slow, is just talking about it more. So having places like this podcast is awesome that we can talk in a more casual way. And sometimes there are takeaways, but sometimes they're not. And that's all right. And in my own life, I've been talking to friends and family more about money. And I just, I think that's an important thing we can do. And I think about trust in that situation. So I don't tell everybody my money situation, but with people that I already have a rapport with, that I've already built some level of trust, there's those building blocks there. I'm more open. Like with my friends, I'll casually mention how much I pay in rent or how much I made from a certain contract or just what certain things cost me or how much I spend eating out. Because I think that context is important because what I've talked about before, I think we compare ourselves to other people, but we don't really understand Mm -hmm that we have totally different resources, all the different types of resources and money is one of them. So I think that's just a helpful way to make it less taboo. And it's important to me to also do that with mental health, which Sandy and I talked about on that episode. And I found that interesting. It's kind of a slow game, but that's led to some really interesting top like conversations with friends and friends that kind of how Chris mentioned a lot of, the other circles that I work in or friends that I have are not like quote unquote money people. It's a world that scares them. So to now have friends that are like, um, I heard about this thing that's 
is it line of credit or something? And like, I have a lot of my credit card right now. And someone told me to like move a thing or consolidate. I don't know, but it's just now I'm having these conversations with people who feel like we can talk about these things casually and nobody's going to get judged for it. And I think that's so important. And then you're at that level where now you're going to go ask for help. And now you might actually go to the Google machine and say, okay, how do I do this? Or now I actually believe that investing is the thing I need to do. And now they're going to find John's course, which is awesome. But they've, you have to get to that point where you think that's the thing that you want. Mm. And sort of what Chris, um, one thing that what Chris said that made me think about is this idea of being in your money doesn't have to always be this actionable thing with all of these clear takeaways and you're not doing it wrong if you're not necessarily getting something super tangible out of it. So one example I like um, a good friend of mine this year, she has this daily goal, like she has a chart on her wall with all these circles and it's to just be in my money. That's literally the goal. So it's literally, she'll sit down with a cup of tea and open her bank statements because so for us, we're like, yeah, we do that a lot. For her, terrifying because she hadn't done that for years. So it's not even about, I want to get out of debt. I want to invest. I want to do these things. I want to create a budget. It's literally just the act of, I'm going to open tangerine.com log in and just try to keep breathing. And I'm going to come back and do it again tomorrow. And then just what Chris always says, like you belong in your money. And I think we forget that there's a lot of different ways that can look and a lot of different ways that people get into this world or different ways that they find meaning that they would want to start caring about their money. So that means we need lots of different ways that people are talking about things and sharing things and giving advice. And I think this podcast is one of those lovely little doors and windows into this world that a different set of people can relate to that maybe the normal mass media wouldn't appeal to them. So yay for that. I've always had that question about, you know, those very precise how to blue, blue, blue articles. And I always think, but don't you have to know that that's important before you find it through the old SEO Google machine? Well, and this is the thing that, that, you know, it's, it's like the false friend of the conversation. So, you know, we talked before about like the, the training of what questions we're supposed to be asking around our money. And so everything kind of conglomerates a little bit. Is like, since everything is kind of often driven by product sales, a lot of those questions are linked to products and they trickle down and then they're the questions we ask and then the questions we hear and then they're the questions we Google and so they're questions that we write about and optimize for SEO and they're the questions that people make content about because advertisers like. And then you get this whole thing before you're... So this is my analogy of the day, not my only analogy because I can't speak in non-analogies, but I've been, <laughs> I've been trying to learn how to draw and I've been like playing around with this and I'm absolutely terrible. And, but one of the things that's been really interesting to me is that the, the book that, that I've been reading has been 
encouraging me to just like to really spend the time looking at things and being like, what does that look like? Why does it look like that? You know, what am I drawing? And I realized how often I don't know how to draw. And yet I've decided how to draw, how things should look. So I'm like, oh, I'm drawing a bridge. Um, bridges look like this. And you're like, why? Why do you think that? Why? Through your vast experience of looking at, and then you look at it and you're like, it doesn't. Because this is the frustrating thing. If you draw a house, you draw a tower. And you're like, this is a tower. And this is like, and then you're like, well, why doesn't my tower look like the tower? Because you didn't draw the tower because you didn't spend any time looking at the tower, dummy. <laughs> I and love this analogy. It's, it's good. I've been kind of like, I'm rolling around like the last couple of days. Um, but it, it, this is the truth with, with the kind of questions that we ask is this like, we ask the questions and it's, it, it can be a really great, this is like our, our kind of a default thing. See, some defaults are really helpful. Be like, here's some questions that you should just ask. Is there a great way in, a way to get your brain rolling? But sometimes they're not the right questions. And sometimes they can lead us on this path that is like, oh, this is money and have us completely missing the point. And, and I think, and, no, no, go ahead, John. Yeah. And I was going to say, and, and with money, numbers are involved. And first off, numbers can be scary. But the other thing is that sometimes you focus so much on what you measure that you can get lost into like, I'm going to optimize this for taxes and spend a whole bunch of effort on that when it really doesn't matter. But because you can put numbers to it, you can focus on it and put it into a spreadsheet, even if it's not a product, you can focus on spreadsheets because yes. some people have spreadsheets for brains. And then <laughs> um, you can do that when sometimes it's the way that the money, which has like numbers and, and hard edges to it, interacts with the soft, squishy stuff in your brain and your life that is the more important part, but that doesn't have a spreadsheet to go with it. At least I haven't figured one out yet. You will. You will, John. But you will. <laughs> I know you will. Hi, hi, hopes. And and the flip is true too, because I think that often like we balance things up with the warm and squishy, or at least I do. And the, the truth is sometimes just like no, no, it doesn't matter how you feel right now. That's the number. That's the number. You have to look at the number. Like in that balancing between these two things is is where you try to find something that helps you move forward. But. It's this, like that, that idea, yeah, getting, getting so matched up with whatever you like to measure that you completely miss the point. And we all do that with like all kinds of areas of our lives, but it's, it's why it's so valuable to hear how other people are doing it, to be challenged by things that other people, I hate to be challenged. I, it makes me really uncomfortable. Um, I know I'm supposed to like it because I'm a lifelong learner and you're supposed to love that. It makes me feel really terrible and stupid and small. Um, but I'm getting better at it, kind of, I don't know, not important. But what I was going to say is that one of the things that I really get from kind of our conversations is coming into a thing where I don't, I don't know a ton about a topic. We're talking about something that, that you guys are better at and know a ton more about. And it's, it's always, it's always hard to be in a conversation sometimes where you feel like, oh no, I should know about this. And I still deal with this. This is the thing that I... 10 years ago when I knew nothing, this is the problem that I had. And I still feel this way sometimes heading into some of our conversations. You're like, oh, I should know. And so I have to pretend like I know. And just practicing public conversation mm. with you guys and, and practicing the fact that I don't know. And, and the thing that I, I, I sense from all of you guys and that I really respect is that you are not afraid to talk about things that you don't know and to acknowledge that and, and to be both experts and learners 
and and to show that there is so much more to know and at the same time that you know a lot and somehow try to like meld these things which is I think an essential thing that's missing, especially from the financial conversation, you are an expert or you are a dum-dum. And like, that's it's tough when you're like, you've got to choose between the two. Binaries. Binaries. Sandy, yeah, I, I honestly feel like a total fraud being a co-host this season because I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm in this world the way that the three of you are. And I don't have, a one hundredth of the technical knowledge. I'm more like John. You have a P. You could stop. I'm in the world in a totally different way. Like I, I you, you are, actually you like, know, talk like to when we people. have the technical, when we have the technical conversations, I'm like, I don't really know a whole lot. But if you would like to talk about feelings around money, I will be here all day. Exactly, and I don't. I'm just like. <laughs> You take the feelings and you push them down until they turn into a nice hard little core that may or may not explode. You don't know. And you just keep packing it and packing it and then you go to a spreadsheet and then you do what the spreadsheet tells you to do. This is but the I'm most saying to Chris's thing. point. To Chris's point, and I think we all feel in a lot of areas of life, like imposter syndrome is a real thing. And that's been a regular thing for me this season. I'm like, I don't think I really like add much here, but it's cool to show up and be like, I don't know. I what you're talking about or hey i actually do know what you're talking about <laughs> i am making the most egregious Why, just right now <laughs> that is so bananas to me okay so from my perspective if you'd like to i this is my whole career is talking to people about money all of the volunteerism that i do is talking to people about money none of it's on a broad I hate it I hate the idea of trying to address an entire room or an entire audience about like oh well generally speaking because I feel like there's always somebody out in the woodwork going no 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 you got this one wrong you're an idiot no dumb 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 dumb. You're a dumb dumb on the uh, podcast. Yeah. Which but is so the, weird because I'm the opposite. I'm like, I don't like talking to people. I'm really introverted. But if I'm going to talk about money, I'd much rather just broadcast it to a room. Stand up. I've had some. <laughs> I'm only going to do this twice a year. So you better. I don't all like talking one on one because I don't know where the conversation's going to go. <laughs> oh man. See, and so, but the thing is that you can get so. I love getting so deep in one person or one couple or family's money. Um, but that's the only world that I'm in. And so it's so wonderful to be talking about something where I have this jaded, like I burn everything down ugh, on the one hand perspective. And then on the other hand, it's like, Oh no, this one family, let's do this thing for them. And, and you are coming from both of you. I'm using like the Royal you. That's not a thing. You are coming from, vous, vous, a, <laughs> yes, French, um, but you're, but the, the place that you are in the world and the, the way that you look at it and the things you think about are fantastic. And I have very much enjoyed being able to have my whole binary world blown up into pieces. <sighs> anyway. that's, but that's a that's a good thing just to kind of to kind of mark right there is the you know you belong in the conversation. I think that that's 
as as important a thing to say, you know, no matter no matter how you feel and and take something if if you want to from the fact that people on you know this show, which is wrapped around the theme of money, feel a fairly regular stream of imposter syndrome. And I will tell you that lots of the people that you know I talk to in the financial sphere often feel healthy doses of imposter syndrome. And it, it's and feeling like what what can I lend to this conversation? You know, because there's so much nuance, because there's so much to know. You know, not even about all the people, but just about the tech. That, like, there's so much to know. Um, that that's it's just it's just a thing. And so, like, it's okay to be part of the conversation and know feel like you know very little. Like most of the people that are in the conversation already feel that way. Um, I don't know. I think that there's that's something something to note and something important to to yeah giant ellipses there um you, you know, belong mm -hmm. that's what, mm -hmm. you belong in the conversation you 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 me everybody listening belong in the conversation yeah. i think is what you just said and well, especially if you don't feel represented if especially if you don't feel like your questions are are being asked um i think our conversation kind of on national level is not only very technical and product kind of focused, but it's also very focused on a specific kind of life, on a specific kind of pathway, on a specific kind of background a lot of the time. You know, it's it's built and it's it doesn't work or function or speak, I think, to many, many different people. And if we're going to remake that and start to tell different kinds of stories, we can't until we kind of start to talk about money at all. If we're not talking about it with our, in our families and, and with some of our friends, then we're definitely not going to be able to kind of magnify those stories in order for somebody to be able to kind of take something out of that. You know, something I've been thinking about a lot lately too is this idea that when you're doing something, and I don't know, you know, maybe you guys have specific, there's just been, there's been several parts of my life lately where I've just been thinking a lot about like, I just don't know what this looks like. Like I'm, I'm doing this thing and I don't know. I don't really have an example in mind. I want it to be like that. I kind of want it to be like that. I don't know. And so it just feels like you're just swinging in the dark half the time. And I, I would imagine that lots of people feel like that with their finances and kind of and all the, whatever that links into this idea that you're like, I don't, I don't know. I'm just trying to get to there, but I don't know where there is anymore. And so like the more stories that we can tell, they, they help, you know, I was just listening to some, some like just random creative stories that I know today from a podcast that I, that I really liked and I don't want to emulate them, but man, was it nice to hear them just talk about it. All of a sudden you have lines on the like map that you're like, nope, I don't want to follow those, but there's lines. People are doing things. People are going places. <laughs> And it helps you orient yourself, even if you can just be like, right, okay, not that. Um, okay, so maybe <laughs> over there. I don't know. Like, it's just in this whole realm of trying to figure stuff out, having to, having to do it all on your own is so, so daunting. And who, not a, like, who's got the time and energy for that? Yeah, and so that's why it's been important for me to start talking more about money with friends and that whole comparison thing of most of all my close friends are self-employed. So that's pretty much like the circle that I'm used to. I have, I have very few people in my life that have like normal 
aside from some people in my family. Um, so you can look at someone and say, man, how does she have all this like free time? Like how is she doing all this stuff? And they're like, oh, because she's in like a rent control apartment. She lived in for 10 years in Toronto in a basement and she pays X amount in rent. And like, oh, okay, cool. Or that person lives with five roommates. Cool. Okay. So I know that's, that's cool, but I know that I don't want that. So now I know that I am going to be paying three times the amount of rent that she is. And I choose that that's okay. So that means that I'm probably going to be working more and just little things like that that just give yeah. you context. And Chris, like you're saying, to see all these examples and all of them are not going to be for you because everyone's different. So none of them are actually you. So you're not actually going to go on any of these lines, but it's just helpful to see all these different examples and mix mashes and different ways people are stacking all of their life blocks and that helps you figure out what might work for you or feel less bad about something or give yourself permission to do what you're doing yeah like i i love john's rent versus buy thing for that specific reason not because it's necessarily this conversation and i love how much you back it up with the numbers to put everybody in their place but this idea that it's based on this idea that you, this is the cargo cult adulting thing that it's like you can be an adult and rent and i i never thought about long-term renting until we had that conversation you're like of course you can have a five-year lease and i was like wait oh yeah well why couldn't you that's just a thing that but like until you've heard the story, you don't know how to even ask a landlord the question about whether you can sign a five-year lease and whether you can kind of have a more permanent or like, it, it's, it matters. Yes. <laughs> head nods all around. All the head, head nods. nods. <laughs> head nods all around. And I think it goes back to when I was listening again to the episode, the money and mental health episode with Kate and just that idea that you were saying about just being seen. Like I just, I just, it has, I don't need people to agree with me. I don't need people to, you know, try and emulate me. None of those things. I just want to be, I don't want people to assume what I want or to assume what I am striving towards and then judge where I am based on where they think I want to go. Yeah. Just, it's true, but I've never actually said it out loud that way before which is interesting to me. Anyway, self-discovery on a podcast. Great. <laughs> we'll Another circle back to that later. Theme. <laughs> uh, but, but that this is an opportunity, a very small one. I mean, how, you know, <laughs> how many people really listen to this? I mean, tell us if you do, we would love to hear that you listen, but, but in reality, it's just another piece of being, having the opportunity to talk about the things that are important and the things that aren't and the choices that we make and, and have a chance to say it out loud. I don't know. Everybody gets a podcast. I suppose you get a podcast, you get a podcast. Everybody. Gets yeah. a-, a really important life thing I've been learning this year is that other people are allowed to have difficult feelings and you don't have to fix them. And that also to me applies to money. So people are allowed to have difficult money situations. People are allowed to be, bad quote unquote at money all the things it is so not your job unless they have professionally employed you mm-hmm. and signed a contract for you to fix them so it's totally or they have asked for your help so people <laughs> are <just> allowed <laughs> but like people are allowed to be bad at things or be going through hard things and it's not your job to fix it like your kind of job 
as a friend, I think is just holding space for that and being like, yeah, that's a hard thing. That must be hard. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I wish I had a way to wrap that up, but there we go. <laughs> Tidy no, is the enemy of the podcast. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's the better direction to go to. But it's that I that, that temptation to to really silo financial ability. I think it's it's something that's interesting when you when you do work with people that are often in a state of, yeah, like trying to figure things out, call it crisis, call it like, you know, there's a bit of a financial situation that they want help with like constantly reminding myself um that these are people that are extremely good at so many things you know that it's like these people that and and it's really fun because like i do work with so many artists so that so people are so googleable you just like you can be like there's your website and you make this incredible thing and like like oh man or this is you and you did this show and you're like it, that all these things balance out, you know, it's like when you silo out a conversation is useful for for talking about things, but it's not useful for identity. And it's, it's difficult to kind of hold space for lots of what a person is, you know, and, and, and to help maybe, maybe help them remember that, you know, struggle in one aspect of life is not failure in all aspects of life. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good anything wrap up there either, but let's just roll with that thing. Yeah. <laughs> keep, keep doing that. Well, and Come remember, out actionables anyways. the lovely thing about this particular corner of the, of the finance world is that none of us are pretending that um, the financial and capital system in our culture is the, it's, unquestionable it's definitely the right way we should all learn what those rules are and play by them because that's the version of success that we all want we did it they did it <laughs> they figured it out <laughs> um, so the the idea that people either are succeeding or failing binary um at money makes it as a key it supports that underlying premise the unconscious belief that well everything is all right with the world our the premier of ontario is making great decisions it's totally fine the, you know financial markets are exactly what they should be all the rules and laws definitely are fair like of course not that's not the way things are many of those things are very much not the way things are um and so the idea that there's only you can only succeed by playing by the rules you can't succeed by trying to burn those rules down is uh kind of a silly premise to start from so i'm glad we're not starting from the premise <laughs> burn it down burn it down <laughs> did you guys see there was a it it's as we as we record this it's still a little bit of tax time there was a good meme that was exactly uh, those floating around the tax world which is uh, it was exactly what we were talking about in our tax episode about like okay so you know here's what we need to do we tell you, you need to tell you how much you made oh because you don't know no we know but we need you to guess that's right you go to jail <laughs> cool we are the people who laugh at tax memes <laughs>
And I'm Sandy Martin. I'm an advice-only financial planner at springplans.ca. I'm John Robertson. I'm the author of The Value of Simple, a practical guide to taking the complexity out of investing. And you can find my blog at holypotato.net. I'm Kate Smalley. I'm a financial marketer. And you can find me and all my links at katesmalley.com. If you liked what you heard, please go to iTunes and leave us a fantastic review. It helps us, helps more people find the podcast. And if you really like what you heard, check us out at Patreon, Patreon slash Because Money, and uh, donate a small amount per podcast. It helps us keep the show running. Have a great week. We did it!